0: I literally just got my message during the worship so thanks wow. <laughs> anytime you see me on my phone that's what I'm doing because I get I'm getting <laughs> during your worship that's what I'm doing um because I had no idea what I was going to talk about so uh I think I'm exhausted a little bit because i had a really intense ministry stuff yesterday and then i just spoke for three hours before this so let's just say i was like just felt like i just wanted to cry during this whole worship just because i'm super vulnerable in the spirit uh uh anyways when i felt like i was preparing the training i was doing earlier all week all week and so when i was like well the only spirit what i was going to speak on he didn't tell me which is not new but to have zero of it, even during worship, it was zero. And then all of a sudden I got something. And I heard the word offense. I was like thinking it would be forgiveness message offense. Actually not feeling that way. I'm feeling this is Holy Spirit offense. Meaning what it means to be offended by God in a good way that can mess with people's heads so of course i first think of john 6 which is the best text on jesus offending people but i haven't gone into that in a really long time so i had to look over over it again what that means and i think that i've had to come face to face so much with the ministry of offense because <laughs> i can be one of the most offensive people in the world and uh there's people that have quit listening to some of my videos because they don't like my personality uh, and I just think it's Jesus, okay? Because Jesus is offensive in some ways, you know. But whatever, you know. There, there's also annoying personalities, but <laughs> not mine, <laughs> of course. So if they didn't like me, that's their their demon on them, and that's what I always say. I'm like, it's the devil that doesn't like me. You like me. I know you like me. Just you, that's the you need deliverance. So, um. But yeah, you know. My manifestations, Holy Spirit manifestations, as you all know, the most offensive thing that has kind of happened to me—that I started manifesting the Holy Spirit in what would look demonic—and it was quite a journey for me. It's been a journey where I started manifesting it years ago. It was shaking, and then it became more than that. And it—I didn't, you know, I didn't know and believe it was God. The shaking I knew was the Holy Spirit. But the strong movement, I didn't think was God. So I went into tears of having to test it. Well, test it for, I guess, a year and a half, maybe. And God didn't bring people like Scott or Ray into my life yet to tell me, no, there's actually people in this movement who look like that. But I would say we're going to have a lot of the church that is going to call that heresy. It got me to a place of not... Saying that I will ever preach publicly that if a person has something that looks powerful and looks anointed in one circle is Holy Spirit based on that circle versus the other side that calls it heresy is always going to be wrong. Okay, so hear me clearly. Like I'm not saying that just because um, I have walked in this journey of experiencing Holy, the Holy Spirit in a way that I never had before, but that also if I see someone else do it, it's God. Because here's what I'm learning is that we have to be discerning and we have to get to this place where we don't heretic hunt, which is what a lot of the church is doing is that we're wanting to find what's wrong. Because God has taken me into a season of where he is taking me to a place where I'm going to allow you to see what's wrong, but he didn't bring me to that place until my heart got completely like purified and to a level of humility and shaming that you can't fathom why so I don't grow pride in the things he begins to show me of things we have to be careful what our heart intention of discernment versus judgment is and as the church we have to be very careful that we're looking for purity for his purity not our own intention because that's what we're we're, we're really gambling with because it's true in Scripture that Paul's combating a ton of false prophets, false religions, lots of things, lots of heresies in the New Testament. But um, I think we got to be careful of what we're looking to always be wrong with things. Because we'll be looking over here for what's wrong in that structure versus over here where there maybe is power and that's good. Because all it comes down to is purity. And why we come to get... Why we come to these things? Why are we here? What do we want? And like I've been nailing for however long, the purity of heart and why we're doing this. What's the point? Why are people gathering here? What are we coming to do and be? And just because there's a display of power does not mean that you're like, we're all pure at heart of being, why we're here. And I think it gets so twisted into why we thinking, why we come to God and what we want from him. And so when I feel like God's telling me you're going to be one of the most offensive ministries out there <laughs> sweet. (laughs) Awesome. And and I know a lot of why he hasn't released a lot of my messages. Not a lot of people can take some of the stuff I say. Um, And I have to say, it comes from a place of being completely humbled, embarrassed, shamed, you know, desperation. I come from addiction. I come from suicide. I come from my mom committing suicide, my sister dying of cancer. I was stalked by a man with witchcraft. I don't come from something where I was sitting back thinking that I was going to know more than the other person. I came from a broken place. But what happened was that I came to a place of thinking God was what I believed God to be. So if I came into something that didn't make sense, I was offended and bothered by it. Because I have a quick mind and I could put things together really quick. And I had the ability to discern people. But problem was a lot of my discernment was super muddied with judgment because of my past super muddied with judgment because of my experiences. So I could scripturally tell why that was wrong and probably use scripture and say that this is off and this is wrong. There's not scripture on why my head whips when I pray. There's not scripture on it. But I want to tell you something. If something, if somebody ever desires to want that, your heart's off because it's weird. It's embarrassing. It's not cute. And if you come around it and people want a manifestation of Holy Spirit, now this is two major groups, because you've got people that are going to go, that is so not okay and demonic. You have other people that are going, oh, power. I want that. Mm-hmm. Your heart's off. Either way, there's an offense happening, mainly on the side that calls feels like it's heresy before you've experienced it. And I got super offended for many, 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 many years, walking in both a lot of different sides, a lot of different... Teachings, a lot of different people, um and just personally with Jesus I was offended. (laughs) I was offended by what he called me to do. I was offended by what I was having to do publicly. Let's not say I just went into what I do in public ministry super like excited. I just would get up and the things I would experience would sometimes feel outer body. That something took over. Why? Because I was submitted. I was submitted to something. I had submitted to a spirit. I may not have been okay with it and excited about it, but I was obedient. And in that, there were things that would happen that didn't make sense. And it took me to this place of the offense of the Holy Spirit. And what does it mean to be offended? And is it so bad to be offended? And so when he took me to John 6, and who knows um, me trying to go through the scriptures that I highlighted in here because I haven't read this in so long, so bear with me on what I'm going to be going about. Okay, John 6 is when he feeds the 5,000. <coughs> I almost just choked on it. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, so John 6 is where he feeds the 5,000. The offensive part is where he's a... Uh, Spending some time with God, he crosses over, walks on the water the next the next day. Um, I'm gonna, I got so much in this. So. The people, the crowd comes after him the next following day. They couldn't find him. He went and hid actually from the crowd because he knew they were gonna force him to be king. Let's just talk about the purity of heart with that. There's a lot of people that want to be forced to be king. They actually want the power to be forced to be king. And they think it's anointed. But they like the attention. They like the power the anointing appears to give. They like the crowds, the stage, the lights, the camera, the action. They like those things. Jesus runs from it, being forced to be king. He runs from them looking at him a certain way, even though he was. Even though he was what they were saying he was going to, he was. Yet he wasn't wanting them to make him that person. I'm like, if we could just get to the realization of the purity of heart based on what we wanted, why we wanted. Have you ever questioned yourself and wondered why you wanted prophecy? Why you wanted the prophetic spirit? Why you wanted to know God's voice? That's all I'm saying. Hey, let's just bring it up tonight. Why do we want these things from him? Like, why do, because let me explain, like, stepping into the, the, the prophetic has been some of the most crushing and painful years of my life. His voice is not comfortable. And what it brings is a worse opposition you can imagine. It's, it's painful. It's not flowery. You're not a flower. <laughs> okay, there is encouraging prophecy. You're a flower, you're a flower, but you got sin. Hey, there's some prophecy. <laughs> oh, it's true, <laughs> it's true. Now, hey, I walk in the things where I will send. It will it call out the beauty of your heart, call out the things God sees you to be, but what will get you higher is to unveil what's not there from him. That's what will get us higher. The purity is what's going to get us higher. The realization that the things that are of pure of him don't necessarily feel good. Doesn't necessarily feel good. Honestly, this shouldn't necessarily always feel good, what Joseph does. Meaning when he's in line, it's good. But what it brings to that alignment is not always good. It's painful. You will get a pressing. You will get a crushing. You will get a renewing of the mind. A renewing of the mind isn't meaning you get flowers on your mind. It means your mind gets stripped. Gets stripped of what's reasonable. Gets stripped of things. And to carry the renewed mind that aligns with his voice. That aligns with purified gifts not muddied gifts, not our own imaginations prophesying. The purified voice of God is going to be a voice that you've endured some stuff to question your life, to question who you are, to question who he is, to get offended, to get offended by things. And I walked through, I mean, my story of offense is a lot, and I'm not going to get on everything. I was extremely offended by power. And yet I was also offended and wanted to punch religion. So I've had both sides of the offense when it comes to God. And I've also been offended by God's spirit in testings, by what had to be a testing that I had to endure. I was offended by. And um, okay, so here here we go. He goes across the lake. He's hiding out. He had just fed the day before the 5,000. So all there's people that find him now the next day. They weren't able to find him, he was hiding from them because what they were going to do to him, probably why he performed this massive miracle. So he comes, they come to him and looking for him. Like when did they say, when did you get here? They didn't know where he had been. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you were looking you were looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on on him God the Father has placed a seat of approval. Now let me explain something. Jesus talks in parables and very like symbolic. He's not like saying exactly what you read here. There were people that were coming after him for what he offered them. For what he was giving them. Whether that was in awe of amazement. Whether it was the food. He talks to you in the natural but you've got to figure out in the natural what he's saying. That's why he spoke in parables. That's why Old Testament is all uh, symbolic. It's uh, types and shadows. It all represents things of, of, of the grace dispensation of Jesus coming. Everything has symbolism in the spirit. Why? Because the treasures of the mind of God are to be searched, not just dropped on you. In a crushing, you search him. People don't go to those levels because they aren't crushed to need to search. When his word doesn't make sense makes you search him. If everything made sense and was reasonable, you'd never search him. So you have to understand, he's saying, you're coming to me for something that you see. We go to people for the power that we see. We go to something for the signs and wonders, for the miraculous, for the prophetic word, because of what we experience and what we see. He's saying, you don't even know why you're coming to me. That is what you're coming to me for. And then he goes on and he says, do not work for food that spoils, but your food that endures for eternal life with the son of man will give you. For on him, God, the father's placed the seal of approval. He goes on. So they reply to him, well, what sign will you give us so that we can see it and believe you? What will you do? Oh, if I could just go off on that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus, God, what will you do for me today? Will you fix my problem? What will you do for me? it's, It's a story of our hearts, man. This is what we live out of. It's human nature. We come to God with this, please fix my problem. Please, please, like, tell me, and I want, I want to get some very clear, the heart of God on this, this purified thing, man, that, that's been on me for so long, the heart of God is love. It is love. It's like to know him at a level we can't comprehend. It's where you're so in love, you don't need that thing every day that's the manna. He talks about manna. So they go, what sign? Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses that gave you bread from heaven. For it was my father who's giving you the true bread from heaven. I tell you, there's going to be manna, things that people do that is a sign in wonder. When we continue to go to it for our fill, we are not in a purity. Because God is faithful. He is good, man. And he will meet you where you're at. And he will fulfill your pain. He will meet you. He will deliver you. He will heal you. He will talk to you through people. Why? He's chasing us. He is chasing us. But we are at a time where if we don't grow, if we don't grow, we will not be able to endure what is about to happen to the church. And we won't be able to endure what's about to happen. And we've got to get to this place where we are so grounded in this purity of him that it's the man of the bread of life is Jesus alone, you and him. We no longer come for the need of the thing that fulfills you in the moment because you're in pain. Oh, Do it that. We go to God because we're in pain. Desperation calls for a savior. And you know what? Most people only come here in desperation. I have to be quite honest because it's too high above what they're willing to do because it's not sugar-coated here. Well, I'm not. <laughs> Your sugar-coated is worship is, woo, and then it comes to me with a bat. So I know that I'm the, I'm the least sugar-coated in ministering at these types of groups. The sugar is in the Jesus and the the signs and wonders. We can't always eat sugar. Makes us fat. (laughs) We cannot always go for the sugar. We need to know more. We got to get more. We cannot go for this manna, 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 manna that fills us to get to tomorrow, to get to next week till we get filled up again. You have to be full. We got to be full. And I had never found what it means to be full all the time with him until I was face first with every question of everything around me. And if I was gonna walk away from my ministry, walk away from what I've done, walk away from what I've been, walk away from the fact of all the messages I've created, the things I had produced. Was I gonna even be able to stand behind it anymore? Could I stand in things that God had made me question to the level of who he was to me? Not until I walked through something like that did I understand what it meant to have to be full all the time. My life wasn't going to work anymore. Manna was not working for me. I went through seasons of manna. I went to Bible school, and that was manna for me. Man, every day I needed to be spoon-fed because I was a cricket. <laughs> okay? <laughs> just barely recovering, drug addict. I was like, just Jesus, give me something, or I'm going to have a withdrawal. Like, every day I needed something from the Holy Spirit to get me through. What does it mean? We go from milk and we go to meat. We, we got to grow up. We got to grow up, and that does not mean doctrine. It does not mean you read your scripture more every day. Hey, Jesus could tell you that's what he needs you to do, but you need to know him. We got to get with him. We got to get what we need, our source, just to be him. And he's faithful. He'll always show up in this stuff. But we can't live on the manna no more. It's not going to work. Okay. Anyways, okay, so here he goes. Very truly, the bread, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God... Is the bread that comes down from the heaven and gives life to the world then he declares he is the bread whoever will come to me never goes hungry they will never go thirsty and then he go on so the Jews began to grumble because he said I am the bread of life some people would say man I came face to face with Jesus I wouldn't be the Jew that grumbled you're tripping you're grumbling (laughs) Oh, God. I laugh the hardest of my jokes, and I've learned that by listening back <laughs> to my recordings, and I was the only one laughing. Okay. But I'm okay with it. I'll be my own, because uh, some of the stuff hits me funny. Okay. Um, and I think we think that. I think we think, like, oh, I want to do what the Israelites did. I would never build a gold calf just because Moses went away for 40 days or however long he went up to Mount Sinai to get. Get the Ten Commandments. There's no way. They're so stupid. How could they do that? Oh, trust me. We're doing it all over the place. We're building calves in, in the sanctuary. <laughs> in, front of the, in front of Jesus. Why? How? We go after stuff that gives us power. They were, getting some, they, were, they were building something that gave them power. The false god, the demons attached to it, it gives them power. It displayed. It, there was divination in it. There was all this stuff that was associated to why. It wasn't just a gold calf. It wasn't just a candle. <laughs> like we have to understand there was power associated. There's a reason they did it. This is real. This is like applicable to us. They grumbled. They didn't get what they wanted. They were offended by what he said. That doesn't work. They don't make sense. And why? They've reasoned out who Jesus was. They said, isn't this the son, of, the son of Joseph? They're like, if he's the son of Joseph, how can this be? And isn't that in the other text after he read the scrolls? I don't know what, what text that is. They said the same thing. They couldn't receive his authority because they knew his family. They knew things about him. It's okay to be questioned. It's okay to offend people. It's okay if other people come against you, blaspheme you, say it's not right, have scripture to line up to what it is. Do you know that as a people we're going to be offensive and we're going to offend the religious if we walk in purity? We're going to offend everything. We're going to offend ourselves. It's the story of what it is. It is not a prideful thing when it comes through humility. It's a truth. That's truth. That's Him. It's what He's doing here. And until we get to this place where Jesus will offend you, He will offend our minds, our thought process of who He is, because we have been chasing gold calves, we've been chasing manna, we've been chasing these things that make us feel good. And Jesus is saying, No, eat me, know me. And is it okay if you're crushed to get there? Is it okay if everything turns upside down so you find me because you're not finding me over here and I'm doing this to save your soul. I'm doing it to save you. This is my love over your life. This is my protection over your life. Man, I have walked through incredible amounts of rejection and betrayal in my life. And I can't tell you the days I have spent in utter agony, not understanding why. And if God's hand was on my life, why was this allowed? Why would God allow this? Why would God bring those people into my life? Why would God let a man stalk me for five years? Why would this happen? Blah, 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 blah. And man, the more I've sunk into these things of what has happened and why it's happened, the level of understanding favor has flipped my mind. So many people think favor means that you get a lot of money tomorrow, you get the job you want. I want to tell you the true favor of God means that He will absolutely save you, protect you, keep you behind His wing. Meaning, there will be betrayal, there will be rejection, there will be letdown because He is separating you. Sanctified separation, and what it like the, the definition of sanctification? There's a separation into the intimacy of Christ because you're going from from glory to glory. You're being trans. Formed into his image. Do you think being transformed into the image of God means that you will be allowed to walk into every single thing in the world? Okay. I have literally, and I, have, I think that over the, over the years there were some, like, rejections or, like, experiences where I had that it didn't work. And it would not make sense because it just seemed so backwards. So it either had to be demonic. It was just the devil. Or I had to go deeper into what that was. And like having to do this type of, I had a deliverance considered a lot of what I do, spiritual warfare, um, was really mind blowing that I couldn't have a mentor. God would not give me a mentor. Do you understand? I'm a single female that was going head to head with some of the craziest stuff, public speaking, doing a lot of stuff, creating things. And I would pray, pray and pray for a connection, for this, and what would happen to me? Everyone that would continue to come into my life would end up betraying me and rejecting me and me having to stand alone, continue in the vision he had given me, stand and stand and stand. New people in new uh, seasons would come in. Mentors didn't come into my life until this past year, which I would consider Scott a mentor and Ray. And they did not come into my life until I was strong enough to be mentored by somebody other than Jesus. Whoa, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I applaud my own points. <laughs> that was good. Right? <laughs> it's okay to have a season where we are mentored only by Him. Mentored only by Him, because what happens when we come under mentorship, leadership? Some of you need it. <laughs> okay, like we, some of us, we we need it, right? We're in the same. Like you need a leadership to a, a certain level. Here's what God would allow. God would allow people to open doors for me in leadership, and then he would cause a rejection in it. That's what would happen, and he would remove me real quick, and you would think I was doing something wrong. You would hear somebody say, well, that's not biblical. We come under the authority of the church We come under the, or the authority of a ministry. You come under that, and I don't know what to tell you. Jesus didn't do that for me. He was my only authority. That was the only authority. He still is through this where I've been mentored. I've been covered and people around me but not to a place where it could speak into leadership above him. Some of us are so vulnerable in our soul and our desires and where we need to be and what we wanna do that that leadership could derail you. That mentorship could derail you. That open door of that person getting you in could derail you because you're too vulnerable and your value is misplaced. So when we get into that place where you're crushed into knowing him and only him, The vulnerability, the panic attacks I had, especially when I entered into men coming into my ministry. I was full women until a couple years ago. Oh my gosh, I'm coming out of years of freaking stalking and and like to walk into that in a single. I can't tell you. And I still didn't even have mentors. Like I was doing this by myself, the panic attacks, and God was telling me to do it. Why? But that's what how could he do that? That's still not biblical. You need your spiritual covering. He was my spiritual covering. He was, man, we can get so tested and what he will call us into just so you find out you cannot fall on something. That's not going to catch you. doesn't mean you can't fall. It just means you cannot get, not get caught. He will catch you. And so I really felt like God was showing me like your, your life. This is how it is. Like, I feel like I've been guttering and guttering over and over and over again. That's sometimes how it feels. It's just, it's been a hard road for me. And I saw a bowling thing. And you know how the bumper things, the blow up things, and you can't gutter? He said, This is your life. And you're living in a level because of your obedience that the sovereignty of me over it, you can't fail. May look like failure. It may look like that. But thank you for submitting. Thank you for the obedience. Thank you for the absolute willing to be crushed. Because you're walking at a level of protection that looks very off at times. and people wouldn't believe is protected because of what you endure. And yet it's the highest level of favor. Because if we looked at painful experiences and crushings as not his protection, then we aren't reading the Bible. <laughs> it's true. It's just not true. All over scripture, this is a part a part of the journey is what is it to know him in this purity, at this level? We don't need the people. We don't need these things. Now, am I saying to stay home if you don't go to church? No. can't hear me wrong on this. I'm not anti-church. I'm not anti-church. I'm anti what, it, what isn't pure in him. That's what I'm anti. So I'm anti anything that's not pure in him. I got no problem saying it. <laughs> and calling it out because there's stuff that's off. And we got to be aligned with with him. We just want him. I just need Jesus. I don't need the miracle. I don't need the healing. I don't need the prophetic word. I need you. You saved my life. I need you. And it's like that level of eating his body, drinking his blood, the offense that was taken by that message. Some of you say, I don't know. I'm not offended by that. I take communion. Then I would challenge you to look at some things in your life that maybe you feel offended by what God has allowed to happen. And maybe he's saying it was me, look higher. Maybe this was favor. You know how many times I prophes- like, prophesied over a female and I'm picking up the rejection on them? Meaning like the stuff they've gone through with a man or endured abuse or something like this. And it's, I've had it with men too it's just a lot more of a female problem, we'll just say that. Females experience that stuff a lot a lot more. And um and I am like hitting them, and the Holy Spirit I'm getting it so strong. His protection cuz he's jealous of you. And he's allowed many many people to re- what appears to be rejection not touch you. Here's the thing, that's going to be a, a female aligned I mean, I see people who still are operating and off in some stuff, and God still caused that and allowed that rejection to happen. But I'm telling you, when you're a harlot, there's not that. (laughs) It's just true. Like, when you are, like, in that level, Jezebel, sweetie, no. That's not why you got rejected. You need to stop (laughs) me. Okay. Oh, Um. But that's really, like, I mean, it's serious. Like, it's true. Like, we need to be real about this. Let's be real. Because we are. This is what we're doing. We have people. We got females in the church doing this crap. We got men in the church doing this crap. We got so much stuff, like, happening. But no matter what, we have the day-to-day things that cause and we experience rejection in these relationships. And it can be at your work. It can be in so many different aspects. We're experiencing pain, betrayal, letdown. Witchcraft is coming in left and right you're aligned with God. It is a protection to walk through it. He is protecting you in something. Now don't get me wrong. There are things that you will walk in for a long period of time, you may get to the other side, and God exposes all the demonic within it. Well, let me just tell you're walking in obedience and submission to God through that, I promise you, a sovereign hand was on the entire thing, and you're about to get something pretty substantial as getting through it. I've walked through many, many things with Jezebel demonic spirit things, with things where people had deception, were doing stuff that was so off, God was allowing it. And because why? Because I walked through something, gained an authority over something in the spirit and in my own mind that was an access point of a vulnerability because my value was misplaced. And because my value was misplaced and I was off in an area, I was accessible to people doing stupid crap. (laughs) to me. Not that I'm so pure. I mean, I I can do stupid crap too. I just wasn't witchcrafty. Let's just say that. I'm not trying to deceive you and I'm not trying to do evil stuff to a person, but the vulnerability within me opened the door to where that stuff would be attracted, can get in because it can mess with you, play with you. So is it okay that we walk through seasons where some of the stuff gets messed with in our soul and in our lives to expose our value to take us higher. To take us into truth. To take us into purity. To take us into intimacy. And God's redemption, I promise you, is on it. I promise you when you get through. Because there's some people, you have been in it. You've dealt with this crap for so long. You've been in dealing with things and stuff that just doesn't make sense. And blah, blah, blah. And that. And you question, is God's judgment being released on you? Is God mad at me? Is there disciplinary? Is he all in this? And I want to tell you, the other side of it. Is something that will take you to a place with him higher in intimacy in knowing him relationship and it catapults our life it catapults things that we will have the ability to stand in an experience with a peace the Prince of Peace the foundation that's unmoving it's unwavering that the, the joy is found in that and not what is The relationships give us, not what people are giving us, not what our gifts represent, not our ministry growing, not our job getting better, not the relationship or the marriage we get, not getting the child. When all those things get removed, where's your foundation? When you get something you've wanted from God and you've been praying, you've been asking, when you get it, where's your foundation? Is your foundation before or after it? Because if it becomes after that, then your hope is found in the promise. Your hope is found in what you got. It's not found in what was before. You want the hope found before. You want the hope found in the pain. You want the hope found in the testing. When the hope is found in the testing, the heart is purified with Jesus. You become purified in him. And then the other side, when you get the release of the promise, you are strong to, to hold it. This is so, what did I, I must have, I talked so much on that promise thing a couple weeks ago, which shows me when I go off into something that's very similar, it's streaming similar in the spirit. Um, It means it's a strong thing in here. Holy Spirit's on this because this is people. These people standing. These people in expectation. There's people who are desiring this breakthrough. They're they're desiring this thing. And yet God's aligning that these things are coming, but I am pressing into purity. I'm pressing in that I need my people to know me. I need them to be willing to be offended by my spirit. I need them to be willing to be offended by things of me to know me more, to understand why they're offended, because I promise you the best thing about being offended by something that is the Holy Spirit or of God um, is that it makes you reflect on yourself and why you're offended by it. Because what happens in the offense, you'll tell yourself either it's not God and it's them or it's a, a demonic, whatever it is that you tell yourself when the Holy Spirit is probably moving on something yet you think it's not or you're offended by it or the person. I want to tell you to test it because I want to tell you, you might be offended by something that is God getting you uh, severed and cut opened up a little bit on why you're offended by it. I was extremely offended by um, healing and signs and and miracles, whatever, stuff that I was seeing when I was in Bible school because I felt like he was, uh, I think a lot of it was I didn't believe why would God heal for other people if half my family died and why he's choosing other people over me. So I had a reason in my head that this is off and they're just, this is just uh, either fake. I thought people faked it. thought it was heresy. I thought whatever it was was a reason I was offended by it. What did it go back to? It went back to my heart intention toward him. And sometimes the things that are going to rub us in the spirit, the offense that's going to bring us up, it, it rubs us wrong to do us right. And it will back you up into him. It will back you up into looking into him. And um, let me close this down. Lula's not having it. Just kidding. Um, at the Jews, they began to grumble, and he re- so he references the manna in the wilderness. I'm going to close with this. He goes, but here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat or, and not die. He addresses, this is, I'm backtracking a little bit because I went on, on a Jesus tangent, I think, for spe- some people in this room. He addresses that the Moses, that they looked at Moses giving them the bread of heaven. I was like, no, I used Moses. It was from me. Mm-hmm. What if everything that we saw, everything that was come from people, from gifts, from power, always went back to him? What if we removed people? What if it caused cr- just perfect intention with him? What if we stopped putting people on stage in awe of them? What if we stopped making idols out of people with gifts? What if we stopped it all and we just said, oh, that's just him. How do you do that? And how about we say, hey, some of that might be witchcraft. He says, I'm an, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give to you in the life of the world. So this, he's repeating himself. How I many times he tells them, I think there's three times in this text, over and over and over. I am, I am, I am, I am. What they've been coming for, what they've been looking for, to go back to him. So here's what I want to challenge you, you guys with, and what I feel like is in this room for for this message is the greatest the greatest experience of knowing God and His power is to know just Him. Not needing anything else, not needing a word, not needing healing, not needing power, not needing anything. Do you want him that bad? Or do you need the power to know him? I don't know. Do we ever think of that? Like, would we get to know him without power? I don't know. I don't think so in a way because he's always had to display his power for us to get to know him. Yet over and over and over, He's saying, don't look to the power, don't look to the manna, don't look to the thing every day, look to the power source, look to the, look to the one, look to him. You, you're filled, you're filled, you're filled, you're filled in him. And so I, I just want to press into today that our hearts go back to the space, what, what we come for, what we're looking for from God. Why we're pursuing him? Why do we want gifts? Why do we want this? Why do we want promises? Why do we want those things? And um, what, God, what Jesus just wants to say to you. I've had to shift my prayer life where I don't ask him for things anymore. Because that it just it wasn't working. I had to get to a place where I went to him and just needed to hear him. And I just wanted to know what he had to say. And it's a really hard place to get to because your soul wants to talk so much. The annoying friend that wants to talk all the time. You just want to tell him what your issues are because you want him to fix it. I tend to think it's because we don't know him when we do that so much. We don't know who we're talking to. We don't understand who, is, who he is and what his heart is for us. That we feel the need we have to do that like he doesn't already know. Um, and so I just pray that like there's something in your heart that gets such a, a sense of peace. And that stability of just him tonight, that we just chase him. And I don't have candy to sugarcoat this, so I try to think for a minute. Can I get sugary before this ends? But no, it's not. So we're ending on, on this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Um, I'm not going to be doing prayer ministry tonight. I'm exhausted. My neck hurts from my head whipping, so <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> we're so good. Yeah, they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Was that not Jesus that just said that? Okay. <laughs> they're doing it. I'm just not doing it. I can't. My head hurts. Okay? I need a minute. I just, yeah. So. Um. But, yeah. Scott-